Okay, I always excited about starting a new teaching series. Of course, I'm excited every morning, every Sunday morning when I get up here. But especially when we start a new series, I'm excited about this one. It's called Forgotten Virtues, and we're going to cover some gratitude and uh, a couple others during this series. But today's topic is honor. So I did some research because in other cultures, it seems like they do a better job of honoring one another than we do here in the United States. So I was doing some research on studying, looking at the country of Korea. Now in Korea, when you greet somebody or meet somebody, the honorable thing to do is bow. Not bow all the way down, but just a small bow. And then shake hands, but you don't actually shake hands. You grab the other person's forearm or even elbow. And that's what you do, each of you do that. <clears throat> And then, if it's somebody you're meeting, uh, you bring a gift. Doesn't have to be an expensive gift, it can be a pen or something. But you bring a gift, and when you bring the gift, you bow and offer with two hands, and the person receives it the same way. All these are things that show honor. The one thing I really was tickled about, you never show anybody the bottom of your foot. That's considered dirty and dishonorable. So I just dishonored all of you folks. But anyway, we're not in Korea. Anyway, uh, but then I got thinking about us. What are the ways that we show honor in our culture? And it, there aren't a lot of ways. And one reason I'm going to talk about this is because it doesn't seem to be a lot of honor shown. Now, I talked about social ministry last week, uh, social media, excuse me. Um, that's one way you can show honor. I mentioned somebody had a birthday, and I was able to, to say happy birthday to him, have a great birthday, whatever. That was a way I could honor that person. But on the other hand, social, ministry, social mini, uh, media, why am I not saying that correctly? Social media is probably the most place where people are most dishonored of anything I can think of. In fact, all you have to do is say something that somebody doesn't like, and they befriend you, right? And so that's why I started out the outline this way. If you're searching to be offended, if you've got your emotions on your sleeve, you'll always find what you're looking for, won't you? Now, thinking about honor. Do you think honor matters to God? All right, well, obviously I'm going to talk about it. It's huge to God. But the question is, how important is it to us? If it's huge to God, it should be huge to us. Lots of things, uh, texts I could use. We're going to start in Romans chapter 12. Paul's writing this. Here's what he says. Be devoted to one another in love. We talked about love last week. Um, but love is so nebulous, it's kind of hard to pin down. So here's what he says next. Honor one another. So part of loving one another is to honor one another. And he says, honor one another above yourself. The message translation puts it this way. Practice being the second fiddle. How often do you and I practice being the second fiddle? We don't want to be the second fiddle, do we? Um, another way to look at this is look around you and who needs to be loved. One way, again, that you can love those who need love, I think we all need it, is to honor them. Another translation puts it this way. Love one another with brotherly affection. So which Greek word is it we talked about last week? That's always dangerous when I ask questions about last week. 
Phileo, remember? Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. That's, so this word love in this text is phileo, or brotherly affection. But here's, here's the honor part. Outdo one another in showing honor. So don't just go about showing honor, but try and do the best. So if you try honoring me, I'm going to outdo you. I'm going to honor you even more. That's what he's, what he's saying. One translation says, take the light in one another. Now, if anybody should have been honored on here on earth, they should have been Jesus, right? Only perfect person that ever lived. Now, we know what they did to him at the end, right? They crucified him. But what about earlier on his ministry? There's this fascinating passage in Mark chapter 6. And it says, Jesus was out ministering in other parts of Israel. And he left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth. What's the significance about Nazareth? It's where he grew up. It's his hometown. He was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in Nazareth. So, he's been performing miracles, healing people, feeding people, doing all this ministry, and he comes back home. And so, when he comes back home, the Sabbath comes, and he's been doing all this great teaching other places. So, he gets up in the, in the synagogue in uh, Nazareth to teach from the Scripture, which would have been a great honor. So the next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Now, why do you think they were amazed? Well, this is the kid who grew up just down the street, right? Anything special about him growing up? So all of a sudden, now he's this great teacher. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? They would think, oh, well, that's pretty cool. We ought to honor him. We ought to support him, right? No, no, wrong. <laughs> They had this question about where does the wisdom, where did the miracles come from? But then they scoffed. What? They scoffed at him. He, this kid that grew up in, in, in town here, and they were small towns. Everybody knew him. This kid that grew up here, what does he think? He's some great Bible teacher? I don't know. The, the scripture uses the word scoffed. He's just a carpenter. Mary's son, he's got brothers, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. He's even got sister lives right here among us, down the street, okay? So, so you think he's more special than them? And then the text uses our word. He was deeply offended and refused to believe, or deeply uh, dishonored him and refused to believe in him. So Jesus responds this way, says to the crowd that was treating him this way, a prophet is honored, there's our word, everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and his family. Just telling my sister earlier that uh, she comes and listens to her older brother <laughs> uh, teach God's word. Uh, she's the exception because we're not honored among our own family as a rule. Um, back when I was starting in college and I accepted my call into the ministry, I told the pastor in the church, knew that's what I was, my goal in life. I felt God's calling, my purpose, as we talked about. <clears throat> anyway, so my pastor said, well, you need ought to get started. So you know what he did? He said, well, I'll give you a Sunday school class to teach. You know what Sunday school class he gave me? Middle school boys. Now, that's bad enough. 
I don't know if you remember this, but my little brother was in that class, and my cousin who was living with us in that time was in that class. How much honor do you think I got in that class? And the problem is, if a couple kids aren't honoring you, then they'll all bunch jump in, right? So I might call that a baptism by fire. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, um, so how do we honor people? One way we can honor people is just to serve, right? Just to serve them. Um, so what does dishonor do? Honor serves? What does dishonor do? Uh, I used a couple of Greek words last week. I said, ah, people don't like Greek words. My wife said, yeah, they do. So we're going to give a couple more Greek words, okay? Uh, atomus is the Greek word for dishonor or to treat. way to think about it is to treat as common or ordinary. Now, I got thinking about marriage. Married person. Some of you are married, some of you aren't. In marriage, when you start out, start when you start dating, you honor each other. Guy opens the door and all that kind of stuff, right? But then you get married and you start having kids and life gets complicated and then it becomes common, often and ordinary, right? I don't know about you, but I don't want to have an ordinary marriage. So how do I not have an ordinary marriage? By honoring my spouse. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. So what does honor do? What does honor do? Greek word again. Now it looks like time, but it's not. It's a two-syllable word. Um, forgetting it. Uh, tame. That's it. That's how you pronounce it. Tame. That means to value or respect. I'm going to kind of argue a little bit with the word respect. Uh, highly esteem. To treat as precious or valuable. I like that. Treat as special or valuable. Believe the best about someone. When you hear something negative about somebody, what's your first reaction? Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Or, no. I'm going to honor that person by not believing it, unless I find out it's true, obviously. Now, one of the pushbacks I get is this. I can't respect that person. So I want to delineate the difference from respect and honor. I put it on your outline this way. Respect is earned. If I've just met you, I don't know if I can respect you or not. As I get to know you over the years, then I can learn or grow to respect you. But honor is a completely different thing in this respect. Honor is given. You and I choose to give it. We should choose to give it. We're going to talk about where or to whom. Um, so honor is given. Honor is a thing that the interesting thing about honor and respect is if you honor somebody that's not really all that respectful, sometimes they'll grow into this place where they become respectful people. So we're going to look at four groups of people or people that we should honor. All right? Who are we called to honor? First and foremost, of course, is God. Right? You wouldn't be here if you didn't believe that. So, Honor God. Lots of verses I could use. This one I thought was interesting. It's in Proverbs. Honor the Lord, how? With your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. Now, we believe, we teach that everything we have belongs to God, and you should give him the first part, the best part, the first part. Uh, at least 10% you should give uh, of uh, the resources God gives to you, right? 
By doing that, that is one of many ways that you and I can honor God. The flip side is, guess what? If you put your money here, put your money here, and it's all gone or mostly gone, and you, you, know, you put a couple dollars in an offering plate, how do you think that would make God feel? Do you think you would feel honored that way? If you were to, you know, owed me money and did it that way, I wouldn't certainly feel honored, would I? Lots of ways we can honor God. Honor God with our bodies, right? Do we take care of our bodies? This is the most precious thing you and I have is our body. So do we, are we careful about what we eat, how much we eat, and exercise and all those things? We, do we take care of it? That's the way we honor God with our bodies. What about our minds? Do you honor God with your mind? What you think, how you spend your time reading or, or looking at? Honor God with our minds. <clears throat> Worship is a way to honor God. This was God's creation. It's in the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, the Sabbath is a day of rest and worship. The statistics are horrible since uh, post-COVID. About half the people now are coming to corporate worship that used to come before COVID. Half. And the, the uh, I don't know how the term is read, but a regular attender at church now is considered if you come once a month. Okay, out of my month... I'm going to honor God with maybe two hours of my life to worship with other people? I'm just thinking how dishonored God must feel about what's happened to worship in the United States. I don't know about other places. We're talking about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He gave His life for us so we could have our sins forgiven and be in eternal relationship with God, not just when we die, but even now. And I have the blessings of God uh, on my life and in my life. And I do so little to honor Him. We probably all need a prayer of confession at this point. So, honor God, obviously. And the, when we honor Him, these, uh, honor these other folks, it's a way of honoring God because God tells us to honor these other folks. So, other group, parents. Honor your parents. It's also one of the Ten Commandments, correct? Number four, I believe. After the first three or four or five, it's after the first ones are about God. The first one about interaction between people is about parents. So this translation, this is in Exodus 20. This translation says it this way. Honor, there's that word respect again. Uh, obey, care for. Honor. Your father and mother, your days may be prolonged in the land the Lord your God gives you. Now, the young people, the teenagers aren't in here now, and generation, older generations, what do we do? We complain about young people being disrespectful. That's the word we use, right? Uh, talking back or mouthing off to their parents. Now, easy for us to blame them. Let me ask you a question. Who is to blame if kids are disrespectful? Those of us that grew up in my generation, could we get away with that? We couldn't get away with that. Why not? Our parents wouldn't allow us to do that. So if we want to complain about kids being disrespectful, really the blame falls upon the parents. Now again, even if you raise your kids the best you can, they still uh, tend to rebel, whatever word you want to use. Um, so, 
parents. Now, my parents are gone. Many of you still have your parents. Make sure you honor them. That also honors God. Another group, one that we have struggle with, those in authority. And we did a whole teaching on this a while back on Romans chapter 13. I'm just going to use one verse here this morning. Give to everyone what you owe. Pay your taxes and government fees. Don't like to hear that, do we? <laughs> to those who collect them. And give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Government authority. Local officials, state officials, national officials. Something that's kind of weird that's happened in the last 50 years is this. We've forgotten how to agree to disagree. Um, there's always been, you know, two sides of the aisle politically. Diopposed views. But they could, people could disagree but still get along. We don't see that anymore, do we? Honor government officials. Don't have to agree with them. Bible says they were, in, they were put in place by God's will and we are to honor them. You may not respect them. In fact, you know, usually the people on the other side of the aisle we don't respect. Uh, certainly if they're not honorable people or respectful people or whatever. Um, those of you who are employed, most of you probably have a boss. That's a person of authority. They may be a terrible boss. I don't know. Hopefully you got a good boss. But you are to honor that person, even if you don't respect it. Um, some of you may be in school. Uh, you have a teacher. Um, maybe they're not a very good teacher. Maybe not a good per person. But you are to honor them because they are in a place of authority over you. Uh, marriage is a little bit different. I don't think one spouse is supposed to be over the other. But we should honor our spouse. Our spouse, hopefully, honors us. And maybe they're not very respectful, for whatever reason. You still honor them as the spouse that you honored when you married them way back when. Um, you can honor people with titles. Um, if you're a doctor, we have a doctor here. He chooses not to be addressed that way, which is fine. Um, I don't refer to my sister-in-law as a doctor. <laughs> I just call her by name. But if you've got uh, some kind of title that way that you've earned somehow, respect or honor goes to that person if, by using it. And then the fourth group that we'll talk about this morning is this. Spiritual leaders. Spiritual leaders. Uh, verse out of Timothy. <clears throat> Elders. It doesn't say, you know, whatever group of people that is. People in authority provide effective leadership, or leadership might be a better word. They must be counted worthy of, I love this term, double honor. Not just honor, but double honor. Especially those who work hard in speaking and teaching. So it's not just me up here. Some of you teach in your small group. You may teach in a Sunday school class, whatever. So what does double honor mean? Well, the best I could figure out from the translations I was looking at, it means to honor them with our with our, with our voice, outwardly, 
but the other part of honor, double honor is financially. And so we don't talk about that very much, but you all pay me, right? Um, pastors are normally paid, and that's because that's a way of showing them double honor. Now, I struggle a little bit when somebody uses the word sir, they call me sir, or reverend. I really don't like reverend because I don't think I'm any more reverend than anybody else. But I, I'm beginning, and I might need to change that. Because when that person uses that term, one of those terms, what are they trying to do? They're trying to honor me, right? So I shouldn't object to that or say, nah, uh, or, or, or push it off. Now, I've been a pastor here a long time. And one of the joys of pastoring here is I feel honored by you as a congregation. So we honor God. We honor God by honor, honoring uh, those in authority over us, our parents, our bosses, our spouse, even though they're not over us, or uh, people that teach and, and, and preach God's Word. So again, respect, though, is something different. Respect is earned. Hopefully I've earned your respect as I've been your pastor, but I felt honored to be your pastor. Again, best way to honor somebody is to serve them. What can I do to help you, whether it be with a task or just to get through life or some emotional struggle, what can I do? Now, I want to take a minute to honor a couple of people or groups of people. And I want to start with my wife. She was in here in the first service. She's not here now. That's one reason I want to honor her. I don't think anybody I know loves God and serves God more or works harder than my wife. I could not have a better spouse. I certainly couldn't have a better partner in ministry. And most of you know her and probably would agree with me about her. So, first and foremost, I want to honor my wife. Secondly, I want to honor all of you. Um, I would have nobody to talk to if you weren't sitting out there, right? <laughs> Common sense, right? But you love this church, you love this community, you love God, you love serving God, you support the ministry here with your, with your offerings. So I want to just take a second and say, I want to honor you as Smithsburg Valley. So why does honor matter? Maybe you think it doesn't matter. Well, let's go back to that illustration from the life of Jesus. So he said, uh, a prophet's not honored. Every, he's honored everywhere except for hometown among his relatives and his family. Now notice what he says next. Because of their unbelief and or dishonor, right, scoffed and he couldn't do any miracles among them. Now notice it doesn't say he wouldn't. Now, I can't explain this. I don't understand it. God's God. He could do anything, right? But in this situation, according to this text, he said he couldn't do any miracles among them except place his hand on a few sick people and heal them. You don't think honor and faith are a big deal? Huge deal. Hindered the ministry of Jesus, even. And I got thinking about Christianity and, and our culture and our day. There's not a lot of honor to Christianity outside of Christians, is there? We aren't considered honorable by most of society. 
Neither was, neither was the first church. And they did a tremendous ministry. So the question is, should it hinder our ministry just because people don't honor us? Absolutely not. <clears throat> so again, that main text we started out with, honor one another above yourselves. Um, outdo, let that word, outdo one another in showing honor. Now, you can show honor outwardly and still not think honorably about someone. You might ha not have an attitude of honor. And eventually that would show. So Jesus talked about this one time. He's talking about some religious leaders. And he said, these people honor me with their lips. So, I honor you, whatever you're saying. But, big but, their hearts are far from me. So let's make sure we honor people with our attitude as well as with our actions. Now, sometimes you need to start with the action and the attitude will follow. So I want to share a story with you before we finish. Um, most people know who Babe Ruth was, right? One of the greatest baseball players that ever lived. Anyway, historically speaking, evidently, he only autographed seven bats in his lifetime. Right? Only seven. So there's only seven people in the world that got an autographed bat up from Babe Ruth. Um, actually, it was pretty easy to keep track of six of them, except for the first one. And historically, the people lost track of the person that had this first autographed bat of Babe Ruth. So the guy that owned it, years go by, and eventually he gets sick, and he has a nurse that's taking care of him. And uh, he has no family members. So pretty much on his deathbed, he said, I want to leave you my most valuable possession. And he gives this lady this bat that was signed by Babe Ruth. And she didn't think anything of it. She didn't know about baseball or anything. So she took it home and put it under her bed. Eighteen years passed. And she's at a stage in her life where she's had some debts and she wants to start open a business, start a business. And she got to thinking about this baseball bat. She said, I wonder if it's worth anything. This is 2006. <laughs> So she takes it to people who know that kind of thing, and they auction it off. And in 2006, that bat auctioned for $1.3 million. So she paid off her debts, she started her business, but with most of the money, she started a children's foundation. And of course, the news people got a hold of this, and they're saying, that's a little strange. Who would do that? So they came and asked her, why? Why did you do that? Why did you give most of the money away? And so I put the response on your outline. The bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it. Correct? It was his bat. That's what gave it value. So the only reasonable thing I could do was something that would honor his life because he made it valuable. If it wasn't for him, it would... I wouldn't have all this money. And evidently, um, he supported children's ministry during his lifetime, and she knew that. So she started a ministry to children 
with those majority of those finances. So, what brings value is whose name is on it. If you're a Jesus follower, whose name's on you? We talked about this last week. You are a masterpiece because of Christ Jesus. So, how are you and I responding to these other masterpieces? People with the name of Jesus on them. Are we honoring them? I pray that we are. So, a couple of suggestions how we might do that. We always talk about putting into action what we talk, talk about or teach on Sunday morning. Commit yourself to an attitude of honor. Now, I want to share something with you that happened this week. Um, I think I did this subconsciously. <laughs> what I actually did, because I was committing myself to this attitude of honor. So, I'm not a big texter. I, uh, I'll text my wife when I'm going by, the, getting close to the mailbox in the car and say, did you get the mail? Do I need to stop? Get the mail. And she, she texts me the same way, and we say yes or no. Whatever. Okay. So, uh, let me get my time frame, frame right here. Anyway, earlier in the week, um, all of us have been sick. People in the care room have been sick. Deb and I have been sick. Anyway, her mother's also been sick, Naomi. Most of you know her. And so earlier in the week, she said, oh, I'm going to go by my mom, see if she needs anything, whatever. And so she did. So I got thinking about that. So I texted her and said, you're a good or great, I don't remember what word I used, daughter. She texts back, no, I'm just an ordinary daughter. I said, no, you're not. But anyway. Um, so that was a way I could... Honor her. Then it was Thursdays on, usually it's on Wednesday, but this week was Thursday. That's the day we take care of the clients at the care home, and Dean and Stacy get off that day, starting at noon. So I usually do noon, and Jared knows. <laughs> um, he's downstairs. I usually do noon to about 4.30 or 5. Deb's doing other things, but she fixes dinner at home for us before she shows up at the care home. So I get, I get home at 5 o'clock or so, and I have this Gourmet meal, I call it. Mashed potatoes and gravy, that's pretty special, right? <laughs> um, vegan meat, if you want to call it that. And um, what else? Oh, most people probably don't like squash, but we, we love squash. She made squash. And so, anyway, I've seen this meal, so I text her. I just text her, you spoil me. Now, again, I did just, without even thinking about it, and I'm not a te- like I said, I'm not a texter, but I'm trying to live with an attitude of honor, and the first person outside of God that I, I believe I need to honor is my wife. So, build up and not tear down. What's the old expression? If you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. Right? But literally be a voice of encouragement to others. So I pray. Maybe I'll ask you next week. How are you doing? How are you doing without doing one another? and honoring one another. Let me pray with you. Father God, thank you. I thank you so much for this, this principle, this concept, this virtue, uh, one that we probably hadn't thought about too much, or we hadn't thought about it being that important. But it's important to you. It should be important to us. Forgive us where we have not shown honor, and help us to have a spirit, an attitude of honor. Pray for any of those who are not Jesus followers, Obviously, the biggest thing you can do to honor God is accept his gift of salvation. 
and enters into a salvation relationship. Um, take Jesus as your Savior, but also as your Lord, as your boss. Would you begin honoring God that way this morning? I pray that you would. God, thank you that you are with us wherever we go. Let us be honorable to others as your representatives. And we thank you in Jesus' name.